Blog Talk Radio. Gordon branched out into literature 
writing the learning tree. Um, those of you who are old enough, okay, those of you who are old enough may best remember uh, Mr. Gordon Parks as being the creator of Shaft. He's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. It's safe to say that David is followed in his father's footsteps and is a force to be reckoned with in the industry. David is an African-American photographer, film director, publicist, and author. David also has two published books to his own credit. His first book, G.I. Diary, is a collection of writings and photographs documenting his experience as an African-American soldier in the Vietnam War. Published in 1968 by Harper & Row, G.I. Diary became one of the top ten best-selling books of that year. The book is included in the Howard University Press Classic Edition, Library of African American Literature and Criticism. His photographs illustrate a collection of poems entitled On Our Way, Poems of Pride and Love, published by Random House in 1974. In addition to his book, David has um, photographs that have been published in Time Life magazine, um, art photography books, as well as Ebony, Look, Vogue, and Glamour magazine. And David's documentary short film credits include Buffalo Soldiers, Ninth Cavalry Memorial, African Art and Repression, and Prince Charles's A Texas Celebration. So... Without further ado, let us welcome Mr. David Park. Hello, David. How are you this evening? Hi, Lisa. Uh, Miss Hamilton, uh, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can you hear me pretty good? Perfect. Yeah, we can hear you fine, David. Okay, good. I'm out here in uh, Texas, so it gets a little cloudy. <laughs> yeah, and, and not only that, you were telling me earlier, how hot is it out there? Oh, we're sitting at about 100, which is not a too, too bad a day. <laughs> you not know, too bad a day at 100 degrees. No, it isn't. It, uh, this time last year, we were cooking at about 115. Woo! So <laughs> this is relatively cool today. <laughs> okay, wow. well, well, good. You can keep that right on out there. <laughs> <laughs> It's coming your way. It's coming your way. Oh, my goodness. Well, David, listen, first, um, I, you know, I just want to thank you for sharing some time with us, first and foremost. You're beautiful. I, I really enjoyed meeting you when I was in Baltimore uh, with GC Livers, and uh, I just wanted you to know that it was great to hear back from you. I didn't know what happened to you, but now that you have all these things going, I congratulate you on your book and this program. That's great. Thank you so much. And you know what, David? I'm never going to lose you again. <laughs> How about that? I'm going to be here from now until eternity. I, I want to come back there and get some of those fish cakes you guys got. There. Yeah, well, come on. As a matter of fact, when you come back, you let me know, and I will personally make you some. How about that? Uh, that's a deal. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, listen, David, you have a, uh, quite a few accomplishments under your belt. Um, and, you know, this program uh, show tonight is entitled All About the Journey. And I just wanted you uh, to share with us in the listening audience a little bit about your personal journey and actually what it was like um, being a son of the famous Mr. Gordon Park. <laughs> well, that was... Uh... Well, one hell of a journey it's been. Uh, <laughs> that's the only way I can put it. Uh, I've been uh, working ever since I was born, so it's been uh, been a good trip, uh, a very unique trip, and uh, it was just, you know, it's, it's beyond anybody's imagination of what I've been through, but uh, it's still going on, and... Uh, uh, if I could stay in good health, which I'm trying very hard to do, 
You'll see some more stuff coming down the pipe. Well, tell us, David, how has the industry changed today, if at all, in regards to African-American filmmakers? Well, that's a good question. I've been here in Texas since 77, so I, I've, been, uh, I've been back to Hollywood a little bit, but only uh, partying. <laughs> you know, I wasn't back mm-hmm. here working. And uh, it's, well, it's gone high tech beyond anybody's imagination. Uh, yeah. The black uh, film industry has developed into uh, their own industry right now. Wow. So uh, people like Magic Johnson have created uh, uh, theaters to show uh, black filmer, black filmmakers' work. So yeah. it's open more towards us getting control of our own uh, images and, and, and movies rather than relying on the studios to uh, take care of us. And just to just to think that your father has a part to play in all of this. Um, he was a true pioneer and a trailblazer um, in the industry, and that is just right there remarkable in itself. Well, I'll tell you, it's funny that you mentioned the word trailblazer. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, my father's had about twelve schools built in his name since he's passed. Wow, wow David. that's awesome. Uh, and that, is, and I've had to go and you know, for the dedication and all that. And it's been a very emotional thing to see your father, who uh, <clears throat> has had this uh, this uh, thing happening to to him. I wish mm-hmm. he was a, I wish he was alive to see it. Mm-hmm. It's just overwhelming when you see that school and. One of the schools that was recently built in Wichita, Kansas, is called the Gordon Parks uh, Elementary uh, Middle School uh, 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 for the Wichita Independent School District. Mm-hmm. And the, their uh, uh, title for uh, their their mascot name is Trailblazer, you know. Wow. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> that wasn't right in And uh, he, he was he was a trailblazer, uh, believe me. Uh, he he blazed a lot of trails, and uh, you read his resume, and and that's maybe uh, uh, a quarter of what he did in terms of uh, the work he did in uh, uh, communications. Yeah, but, well, but but you have also followed in his footsteps, have you not? Well, uh, People say that I followed. No, I was dragged. <laughs> oh, you were dragged? <laughs> I, I, I'd rather be fishing or playing golf myself. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but, no, uh, ever since I was a kid, uh, one of the unique things that happened uh, uh, was that uh, when I was born in 44, uh, Dad just became uh, the Life Magazine photographer. Uh, on staff. Okay. And, uh, uh, what happened was uh, I got sort of, you know, put out there out front that here's Gordon's new son. <laughs> right. So they were popping pictures and interviewing me when I was three, four years old. So, wow. uh, of course, my brother and sister, they, they found on that. They didn't get any publicity. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> You know how the younger kid gets all the luck, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, I do. But now uh, that you now you said that you were dragged into it. Now, would you have wanted to do anything else? Want to do anything else? Well, when you're five and six and seven years old, and you have no choice. Uh, That's true. One of the unique things that happened uh, when when I was young was that Life Magazine had a habit of when they sent out photographers and writers on on, on assignment, they would let their family, they would have the family go with him. Okay. So lived in Europe for five years in France, and while we were there, of course, uh, I was working, carrying bags, loading cameras, and, you know, doing all the grunt work that's necessary uh, to, to, to get along, so... It was, uh, we, uh, we've always been a family that always supported dad. And, right. uh, 
whether we were getting him to the airport or finding his passport or whatever. Right, you right. Know, we were, we were, uh, we were kind of his support team. Yeah. Uh, my brother Gordon Parks Jr., who was the director of Superfly. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I guess you all seen that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gordon Jr. was <clears throat> was uh, also involved in working with Dad uh, in his uh, when he was alive. My brother got killed in '82 shooting a film in Africa, and mm-hmm. uh, I also, by the way, also I was one of the producers on Superfly. I don't know if you know that, but uh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And I worked, I worked, I was kind of the troubleshooter for Gordon Jr. and Gordon Senior on most of their movies. They I was the only one that really had a degree in filmmaking. <laughs> the rest of them, right, they, right, right. They relied on me to to uh, to handle a lot of the technical aspects of uh, where do I go from here? <laughs> you know? Right, and you know, David, um, I'm glad you said that because to be in this industry, you have to you have to have a love for it. It's like a love hate relationship, isn't it? Well, I'll I'll go along with that. You know, some people do what they want, what they like to do. I happen to just, you know, uh, let me give you an example. When I mm-hmm. came back uh, came back from Vietnam, my old man says, well, what are you going to do now? You know, uh, and I said, what do you mean, what am I going to do now? I'm going to do what I only know how to do is make film and shoot photography. So, he uh, he kind of looked at me. He said, "You sure you want to do this?" And I said, "I've been doing it for ever since I've been alive. I don't know how to do anything else, you know." Right. Uh-huh. That's why I was saying to you, it's not easy to do what what no. you do. And a lot of people think it's glamorous. It's glamorous on opening night, you know, <laughs> when they show the film. But up until that point, there's a lot of it's a grind. It's a grind. You know, I can remember when I was in, you know, in the industry myself, and it's just a lot of grunt work, and it's a grind, and and it's not a, it's definitely not a nine to five job. No, it's more like twenty four seven. Yeah. You know, kind of deal. I, you know, people say, well, you know, you, you're lucky you have so much time on your hands, but it's either feast or phantom. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so you have to be able to, in the down period, be working on things that are going to happen. Even though you're down, you have to exactly. always believe that you're going to get where you're going. So you always have to think ahead. And that's one yeah. of the things my father did. I mean, you know, we were shooting uh, Shaft, for example. Well, he was uh-huh. working on that movie while we were shooting the movie on Shaft. Right, you know, right. Uh, he wasn't... Uh, just working on Chap. Uh, he was working on the next one. Uh, we, I think it was Let Belly. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if that, that yeah. you know. That the movie yeah. that didn't get the exposure that uh, it, it could have. And uh, that's how I got down to Texas because they sent me down here to uh, <laughs> see if it, if it was safe <laughs> to come down right. here. And so I came down for about three months looking at it and talking to all the people and I was alive, so okay. Well, we might we, we might just do this down in Texas. You know? uh-huh. Uh-huh. If you're still alive, it looks like it's a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you're still alive, David. <laughs> oh, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. You're alive. <laughs> well, well, listen. The art of photography has changed quite a bit. Um, digital versus film. Which one do you prefer? <laughs> well, it's not a question of what I prefer. It's a question of what I have to do. Okay. Uh, it's uh, Kodak, for example, where which we use that film a lot in, mm-hmm. in our in our. It's no longer print film, make film. So right. we have to go to to the digital uh, uh, video thing. So there's no there's no choice. Uh, what I do now is I shoot a lot of my uh, work on HD, okay. and then I, I have it transferred to film for movie houses or whatever is required. But mm-hmm. we, sh- we shoot on HD. Digital okay, land. wow. Yeah, we got to do that. As, as, uh, they're, they're, they're still providing film for, you know, like, you know, people make commercials for $3 million a minute. Uh, 
Well, mm-hmm. that's the whole kind of budget. My budgets are not at that point. I, right now I'm doing the, on the Buffalo Soldiers a $5 million film, which can very easily be shot in, in, in L.A. or out of New York for $50 million. So uh, it, it's economically it's, it's good for me. Uh, I'm not used to things happening so quick. Right. I have to, my editor's sitting up there waiting for it to be downloaded. We just made an edit, and he's got 30 seconds, and he's going crazy. And, I, and, 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 and I'm saying, if you only knew what this would have taken, if we were shooting film, we're looking at days to get this kind of thing that we're getting in 30 seconds. I know. It's, it's just it's too quick, too fast for me. And yeah. I, uh but I'm 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 adapting. I'm I'm adapting. You know. Uh, right. Right. You know, you have to be quicker. You got to come up with the. You have to come up with the BS a little bit quicker. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this is true. Well, tell us. You know, I was going to ask. That's my next question. To have you tell us a little bit about the project that you're working on. Well, I'm doing a film right now based on what your program's all about: uh, Black heritage, uh, Black history. It's a film called Sergeant Stance, who was the first black uh, U.S. Uh, Army uh, recipient of the uh, Medal of Honor. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was a member of the 9th Cavalry Buffalo Soldiers. Wow. wow. So uh, that's the, uh, the film I'm working on now. I've got people, we're doing it independently, and we're doing it down here, which is where the Buffalo Soldier roamed. I mean, he's wow. the history of the world. And I have been to all the historical locations. I've talked to the family, the descendants of soldiers, wow. and I'm telling you, they're giving me a hard time. Oh, <laughs> you know? really? How come? <laughs> well, they want to make sure I get it right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. As long as I get it right, and, and you know, then they're happy. You know. Yeah. And, but, uh, it's important for us to document our history uh, correctly. Uh, historically, yeah. there's been a lot of stuff done on us in the past that has been more politically correct than historically right. correct. And so uh, I've had to fight with the uh, producers in regards to keeping what the what the descendants and everybody, and of course myself, trying to keep mm-hmm. it pure, but at the same time make it exciting for people to enjoy when they go and see it in the movies. Exactly. Well, what is your target date? What are you shooting for? Well, my, I'm shooting for getting the money soon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, once, okay. I get the, once I get the money, then I'll have a, a pretty good, I think, by uh, next year. Uh, this time, we'll be cooking. Okay. Know. That sounds good. Yeah, that well, we're sounds doing, good. We're, we're producing it out of Dallas, Texas, Big B. And uh, I've got some really good people up there that are, you know, uh, it's taken me a while to find them, too, by the way, you know. Uh-huh. And so now that I've found them, they're they're putting it together. I mean, we're doing it independently. What we're trying yeah. to do is we're trying to sell ice to the Eskimos. Right, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes, and, and doing that takes a lot of time, and I, I well, know, believe me. It, it, I mean, it's not, go ahead. Yeah. You're dealing with people who make a million dollars a week on oil. Right. And then yeah. you're trying to, well, I'm going to make this movie and we're going to make a profit and the blockbuster and so on and so on. They don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? Right. And so I have had to take a different approach uh-huh. in order to get their, their attention. And it's taken me a little while to do that and find the right people that, you know, that have the money that are not worrying about making a profit as much as trying to. Have the history. It's a story told. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, David, um, I talk with a lot of young people, um, you know, in colleges. Like my daughter, for example, she's her major, she's getting ready to graduate in December from Stevenson University, and her major is um, film and video. And, uh, you know, I I spoke at her school to the film and video majors, and um, they're very, of course, like when you're young and, you know, you're you're coming out of school, you're very hungry. So what advice would you um, have to give these young people who who are about to hit the world, you know, looking for work um, in this industry today? 
Well, I, you know, I do a lot of lecturing around the country on filmmaking myself. Uh-huh. My last lecture was up at uh, Michigan uh, University. Uh, excuse me, the Michigan University. Okay. The University, University of Michigan. <laughs> you know, and I, I really messed up. I, well, it's good to be here at the uh, Michigan University, and everybody said, no. The University of Michigan. I'm telling you, I cannot tell you, but uh, that's the kind of thing I go through all the time. But uh, basically, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's independent now. Right. I, I told the students up there, you know, you can almost do what you want to do because you don't, you're not going to sell the studios any idea. You're not going to sell the networks any idea. They've got too many people and too many ideas as it is. What you're going to have to do is try to learn and work in the industry and at any job you can get, whether it's in the mail room or <clears throat> wherever, and try to find out how this thing works, you know. Right. And once you find out how it works, then you need to, uh, I think the easiest and the best way to get into this is through the writing. Uh-huh. Okay. Which read? Which re- yeah. Excuse me? Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to question, I, which it's a good point that you mentioned the writing first, because I am just so astounded at the GI Diary writing and that it was one of the top best-selling books. And okay. most of what we write that's successful is a result of something, some major impetus. And I'm just curious, what was that driving force that led you to sit down and write? Well, it, it was, the driving force was the uh, suggestion of, of my father mm-hmm. uh, when I told him that uh, when I was in the military, I said, you know, it's pretty boring around here, you know. And he says, well, take some pictures, keep a diary. Keep your mind mm-hmm. going, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I kept a diary. I took photographs when I was in Nam, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I, and it was a good suggestion because you can get kind of laid back, and you know, and and, and you can drift when you're in, in, in the situation I was in, and it really uh-huh. helped me focus on what was going on. So everything you read in the diary is. Plus, I mean, they were shooting at me, and uh, I wasn't having a great time with the white officers, you know. Uh So it was a way to get unload uh, frustration, you know, by getting it out. And uh, I I had no idea it was going to be a book. When I got back, uh, one of the uh, dad's editor happened to be at his uh, apartment in New York, and the old man just got a letter from me, and... uh, uh, and he, he read the letter to the uh, publisher. He said, my son just wrote me, he's still alive, you know. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the publisher, and, he's got, and, he, and he showed him all the letters I sent, and, and uh, I, I snuck in some of the diary uh, work in, in those letters. So he says, you know, this, the editor said, look, this would make a great book, you know. And she happened to be from Harper and Row. And wow. so when I got back, uh uh, she approached me and said, look, why don't we try to put this into a book? And, uh, you know, I, and I told her, I don't, man, I don't even want to think about this stuff. You know, I mean, I'm out of there. And, and she had to really work hard to get me to, to go ahead and accumulate all my notes and everything. And so that's how it happened. But I really wow. didn't want to write the book. I, I, really, I mean, I was, I was flushed with Vietnam. I mean, <laughs> right, but, right. But isn't it amazing how that happened? Yeah. Well, it's like uh, life, you know. You 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 uh, you never know unless uh, you know things happen. You need to be able to take advantage of it. And, right. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, it's it, it's like old John Wayne had a great expression. He says, "If you want to be a movie star, you want to be a star. Don't stop until you get there." You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's basically the kind of uh, instinct you have to have if you're going to get uh-huh. into this business. And uh, any other business. I mean, uh, the movie business is just like uh, widgets and, and computers. I mean, you you have to have a, a, a desire to to make it happen. And, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And, and you know what, David, you said something very profound um, a little bit ago when you said that um, your dad told you that, you know, had to, you know, keep your mind busy. Yes, yes. Oh, you know, and, and how important, because we talk about that quite often on this program, how it's important to pay yes. attention to what you're thinking about. And, yes. you know, you, you have to stay focused and you have to stay busy exactly. and you have to keep yourself moving forward. Absolutely 100% true. And you got to yeah, have a purpose. you got to have go a ahead. purpose. You know, you have to have a, a goal. I mean, you yeah. have to have some kind of goal or a purpose for why you're doing what you're doing. I mean, right. just, you know, and I, I think what happens with so many people, they think, well, hell, I'm going to go in the movie business and I'm going to become a star and I'm going to become a, a, a you know, a star and I'm going to make a whole lot of money. And I tell them, look, if you want to make a whole lot of money in the movie business, is the last thing you want to do. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it's, it's not about the money. No. no. And, uh, you have to have, you know, what I found when I was doing it, um, you have to have a passion for it. I mean, you really have to be passionate <laughs> about your work. And, and it's almost like um, when you get the finished product, you, you, you know, you see the satisfaction at the end, but getting to the finished product is the whole thing. You got it. You got it. It's a journey. Uh-huh, really. uh-huh. It, yeah. it really is. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's a grind. It, it's not the it's not the finish that's really important when you get you say you know that was one hell of a trip. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. and, and I, I mean, my memoirs are going to be ridiculous. You know. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to read them. <laughs> Everybody you know what's well, yeah. But I think the 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 has been so ridiculous. It, there's a lot of luck involved. It's being in the right place at the, <laughs> yeah. the right time. It's yeah. being in the right place at the wrong time. Yeah. Being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. You know, except that you need to keep your mind moving and open and and open and to to, uh, to get through the uh, BS. You know? And you know what? I I just thought about something. It just popped into my head. I can I can say this, David. I know that you you can't relate, but Teresa maybe it's almost like um with a woman who is pregnant and she's going through nine months carrying yeah. this child, and then you go through the pain of labor and delivery, and then right. once the child is in the world, then you kind of forget about all that pain and the stuff that you went through, and we turn around and do it again. Mm-hmm. What is up with that? Sanity of it all, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's the same with filmmaking. After you get through with one thing, then it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to do this again? Well, you know, I'll tell you like it is, and I, I don't want to, you know, belittle filmmaking. You know, film is like, I've had a chance because coming down here, I wasn't in a situation like I was in New York where I could go out and find work and so on and so on. This place is oil and gas. It's all about mm-hmm. oil and gas, real estate, and farming, and cattle, and cotton, and you name it. So I, I had to readjust my, my uh, but in readjusting my my uh, survival mode, I learned a lot about business. Right. Uh, you know, and the artists tend to, as you know, you can see them getting where people like Wesley Snipes going to jail for not paying his taxes. That kind of, you know, stupidity. Because he has no idea of the importance of business and management, and and uh, you know he probably never started out thinking he was going to be a movie star, but guess what? He is, and and he's not prepared. Right, right. right. Now, I tell my students sometimes, think about this, kids. Well, first thing I do, I hit them with. I said, what happens if you got you were given twenty million dollars right now in this room? What would you do with it? And you know what? You don't get anybody raising their hand. Because right. they, they haven't had a plan. They don't have a plan. They have a plan. They don't have a clue in regards to right. uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the responsibility right. that goes along with being successful. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough, getting back to your original question, of being around a man who has been successful in so many 
huge ways that I was able to just sit back and watch him, what he did, and learn and shut my mouth up and learn on what not to do. Right. <laughs> because if you don't know, there is no formula for what to do. If, no. If yeah. You, Dude, they, they they couldn't afford me. And you have to learn, and I've learned so much through my mistakes. I learned more from my mistakes than I have. But yeah. you have to be able to deal with you have to deal with what? failure. You have to yeah. if you can't with failure, then you will never be able to learn and move on. You'll always be stuck in that failure mode and start blaming everybody else in the world even your mother for giving birth to you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I hate my mother for having me born, you know. Mm -hmm. And I don't question it. But one of the biggest problems in America, which I have a beef about, is that, yes, they taught Americans the middle class, which is the biggest middle class in the world. They taught them how to make money. They just didn't know how to deal with culture and how to manage it. Exactly. that's, That's why we're in the hole we're in. It's because the middle class thought, uh-oh, I've arrived. No, you've never arrived. Right, they, right. They, they spent way over their heads. They went way over yeah. their knees. They, the middle class is just as much of a problem as the Republicans do, do, do the men. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah, that's true. I, I, I have to agree with you on that. <laughs> that's, that's true, David. Yeah, I try to tell you, they don't want, you're not going to get into their level. You need to right. create own level, because they're yeah. not going to let you in if they, they 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 are in their own little society, and and if you think you're in there because they invite you to the club, they ha- they won't let you join the club. But they right. invite you, <laughs> and and that's a big difference than being a member. See? Right, right, and, and, and I think. Go ahead. Yeah, I think that was what was so unique about your father. I looked at him as if, like Einstein with the Jewish state, he, to me, was one of the true trailblazers of the civil rights movement. And he was able to make things happen a lot of times because he pretty much owned or could control the means of how he made his income. And I think that over the years with the film production, owning, owning, owning the means of income, which which kind of solidified him, to give him the creative control and freedom to to do what he wanted to do. Yeah, he he had to be able to manage the success. Yeah. Right, right. And and the thing is, you don't, uh, a lot of folks, as I said, I mean, you got these kids 19 years old making $150 million a year. Can you imagine being 19 years old making $150 million a year? Everybody and your mother and your cousin and, and the dog and the cat are trying to get next to you. It's a yeah. lot of it's, it's, it's And, and I, I was fortunate enough that uh, I was able to have been around successful people. When I was yeah. living in uh, White Plains, New York, for example, uh, I was around and Dad's friends were all very successful people. People like Eddie Haywood, uh, Cap Calloway, mm-hmm. uh, you name, you know, people that, and I was able to see how these people uh, were able to to uh, maintain uh, their because uh, it's not easy to being number one. It's not easy being number one, and there's so much pressure, uh, and these people handled it very well, and and I was able to learn from 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 being around. Uh, really iconic people, and so uh, that's probably uh, a good thing for me, you know. Right, well, right. You know, and, you know, um, I'm listening to you, and um, Tyler Perry comes to mind. I, I want to ask you about your opinion, um, because you said another, very, everything that you're saying is very profound, but one, one thing that you said was um, as far as not being, you can be invited into the club, but they won't, I mean, invited to the party, but you won't be invited to be a member. And right. I think that people need to understand that, you know. don't Go out here and create, like you said, create your own thing and be comfortable with creating your own thing. Don't go out here chasing them. Do you? you well, you see, this is something that a message I like to get to black folks. I mean, if they uh-huh. think 
if they want to be equal with those people, then they better get a whole lot of Vaseline. There it is. There it is. I mean, you know, they, you know, and they think they want to be there, but when they get there, they're going to find out it ain't what they think it is. Exactly, yeah. Dave. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and you know, I think we no, need to no, continue to teach that. Sorry, let me finish though. It's not only black folks; this is middle class America. Right. Yes. Uh, that's 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 who, that's the basis of this country. Is right. That yeah. Saying that they're out here trying to play the game that these people make a million dollars a week. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, and they're making a lousy million dollars a year or $5 million or $10 million or $20 million. How many weeks in a year? <laughs> you understand? Yeah, how many weeks uh-huh. are in a year? It's not yeah. the same thing. You can't live in in, in, in in the image you think that you would like to to think what success is all about. Right. Right. And this is why we're in the situation we're in. I mean, the, the biggest damn problem was the credit card debt and Stuff like that. That and, and who's picking it up? They're picking it up. You don't think the man is picking it up? You know, <laughs> right? He's not even paying all his money is over in Switzerland. You know? Yeah, yeah. But so we have to quiet. teach them. It's, it's a continuous right. teaching thing, isn't it? Well, right. I, you know what? I'll tell you like this. I give Obama one hundred and ten percent on what he's had to deal with and where he's got in this country based on the crap that he's had to go through with the, with those uh, politicians on the right. other side. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I think they're both a bunch of folks. Excuse my French. But, you know, <laughs> politics, politics is, is what it is. Yes, it never, is. And you're right down there. You're in Washington, D.C. <laughs> oh, Lord, yeah. Do I have any more? But no. another crook. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're right. You're right. right. That look, that the politics thing, that's a whole other beast, isn't it? That's right. a whole other beast. Yeah. But they don't teach that. They don't mentor people. Exactly. Which is yeah. why. Yeah. That, because they, they don't like, want you to know. Yeah. yeah. Keep the people barefoot, pregnant, and ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's why it's so important to continue you know, to be passionate about the information we have, the mistakes that we have made, and what we've learned to teach other people, you know, look, we've been down this road. Don't, don't, you don't want to do that. You know, you want to do this. So we could get more David Parks of the world out there just to continue to teach and to talk to us. You know, we would truly be blessed. Yeah, I appreciate right. it, but I'm talking to you. I ain't, I ain't down the street on a pulpit, you know what I mean? Oh, I know you're not, but you know what? Don't even say that. You do travel a lot, and they're talking about your dad and all these things, so you so, get your opportunities to share. I try to do the best I can with what I got to work with, okay? Yes, sir. I, and you're I, doing a great job, David. I've lectured at grammar schools and high schools and middle schools. And colleges and you name it. I, I mean, I, I, I've done a lot of lecturing and a lot of promoting. And the toughest kids are the ones in grammar school. Wow! Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh Lord, Lord! I went well, to a, well, a, a Catholic school in Wichita, and these kids had my book in grammar school, and they wow. were hit with questions. Well, why did you say this? And what is that all about? <laughs> And I'm, you know, I'm saying, holy cow! I don't even get anywhere near that kind of questioning when I'm at colleges or whatever. Most of them wow. up here sleeping anyway, thinking about having a good time. You know? Right. right. Well, but speaking we of communicating, yeah. Speaking of speaking of communicating, I know you were at the um, Black Press Club a couple years ago. But what I found interesting is your speech was entitled Communicating in the New Millennium. So I wondered if you could just tell us a little bit about what you've discussed and what you think is what we what it is that we need to communicate in the new millennium as we move forward. So you got you got me because V C says do you have a title in about a, an hour before I went on? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love 
I said, yeah, I mean, well, you know, how about, uh, you know, communication is a millennium, you know. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, as far as what I talked about then, uh, I could, I don't have a clue, okay? I really oh, don't. Okay. I've had so many lectures. Uh, I just came out of Wayne State up in Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That is a contradiction. Uh, I've never mm-hmm. had such a, uh, an eye-opening experience in, when I was up in Detroit that, uh, oh, God, it's, it's depressing. Yeah. But black folks are getting a hand on it. Because you know why? Mm-hmm. They have the, the man has mm-hmm. split. He went, out, he went out beyond the suburbs. He's out in, he's out in rural. <laughs> he's not a pastor. He's not, and 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 the, the depressing thing of what Detroit is a perfect example of what this country has a problem with, and it's inner city, urban integration. Mm. That's, That's it. something. Mm-hmm. And white white got well. Guess what, man? And the folks went out to the suburbs. Black folks went out, and the Mexicans went out, and everybody went out and followed them on out there. You know? They went where the money mm-hmm. is. Right. I mean, it's all about the money. Mm-hmm. At the bottom line, and now they have more crime out there in the damn suburbs than they do in the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right about that. So <laughs> that is uh, a deja vu kind of deal. And so, uh, but... Uh, you know, uh, as far as communicating in the, in the new millennium, mm-hmm. that's just related. I, I have to think about that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you think, think about that one a little bit, and we're going to we'll revisit that at another time. Let's <laughs> do that next time. Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. So, well, David, look, we, we just want to thank you so much once again for coming yes, on and yes. sharing your wisdom and insight with us this evening. I really deeply appreciate you and your contributions to the industry by yes. you yourself continuing to trailblaze and picking up where your dad left off. I got to put food on the table, though. I know that's right. We got to eat, right? got to eat. You know, it's all about survival for me. And the only thing I Hey, the only thing I can say that for uh, Lisa's question about how to, uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say, but you guys are good, uh, you know, and I really appreciate you giving me a chance to blow some steam off. Yeah, you know? we appreciate you offering your advice. We've learned a lot. Well, I'll tell you like it is, it's, it's a trip. I mean, life is a trip. It's the journey that's really the, you know, you get <laughs> You get you do all these things, and then you get to the point where it's time to you know leave the deal, leave the planet, and you really it, it really is not what the end is not really what you would think it was all about. Right. You know, and, and I think uh, I, I just I just hope I think the younger folks are, are are better. I really do. I think they're more honest. I think. You know, uh, they they have uh, they have a better focus on what's going on. This internet, this computer thing, and I don't own a computer, by the way, but this, uh-huh. this has has given the American something to do. Right. It has filled the void which has not been present in our educational system, in newspapers, magazines, and periodicals. It's been all whitewashed. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Now you can go to the source. You're on that computer. You go to the yes. source. So yes. it's probably the one thing that saved us at this yes. point. If that that's computer didn't come along where people can access information, that's what freedom's all about. That's yes. about right. yeah. and, and so thank God that the computer came and gave these folks something to do, and it's opened up new Businesses, look at your program. It's internet, yes. blah blah. You know, you mm-hmm. would never be able to get ABC radio ever to do what you're doing now. They wouldn't exactly. even let me. They wouldn't let me on because they know where I'm coming from. You understand? So they would mm-hmm. never yes. go. We can't. We can't let you do that because it might upset somebody. Right. You know. Right. So it's 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 the whole thing is beautiful. 
Yeah, I'm just not it is. Yes. So I ain't going to buy no damn computer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On that note, Mr. Gordon, I mean, Mr. David Park, um, we will be uh, definitely be back in touch with you and have you on yes. again, again to share with you were us. So, um, yes. And we're looking forward to your feature film, and when it's completed, okay. I will bring you back on to talk about I'll it. Be, I'll be there. I'll be in Baltimore. I'll be in D.C. promoting it, you know. All right. Well, yes. you look, we're gonna, I told you we're going to stay in touch. I'm not losing touch with you again. I really appreciate it. You know, I'm always... Love talking to you, and 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 I really think that that complex you're doing with the wax museum, that's heavy stuff. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and I'm when I when we go offline, probably maybe later this week, I I will call you and share with you the progress of what's going on with that as well. I wish you would send me some information. I sure <laughs> will. Yeah, and tell me, old man. I said hello. I sure will. He should be listening, but I'll tell him. <laughs> and I look forward to seeing you. I'm gonna. I go out there. You know, I'll be back in that part of the world. All right. Well, we're gonna have you over, and we're gonna. Do you do crabs? What'd you say? Do you eat crabs? Have you had our crab melon crabs yet? Crab Man, I was, yeah. I we 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 got some good seafood down there. I have a buddy, a golf buddy, who lives in Chesapeake Bay. All right, yeah. and and he has a boat down there on the dock, which never left the dock. Oh. <laughs> if you get if you catch my breath, okay, I, I, I got it. <laughs> but we will we'll make sure we do that when you come in town. So make sure you keep in touch and let me know. And he invited me out on the boat, and this 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 other little boat comes by, and they sell crabs and crab meat and all that. It was great. You know, we didn't even. <laughs> We didn't even have to leave the dock. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, I doubt he. I doubt if he knew how to drive the damn thing. Uh oh. <laughs> well, David, Wait. listen. Thank you again, and we love you. And you take care. Yeah. You guys take care and keep the good okay. work up. Uh, okay. Thank you. Okay, we will. Okay. Bye. All right. All right. Take it easy. Bye. Isn't he wonderful? I am so oh, excited. He was um, just that was so just much fun. David and Park, so ladies and insightful. gentlemen. Yeah, he really, really is. Um, and we, you know, I'm just glad, like I said, any time that you have people willing to come on and spend time with you, take time out of their busy schedule, just to share with us, um, you know, um, parts of their journey. I mean, you know, a lot of young people don't understand exactly who that was we were talking with, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. And I and I advise you to Google. Google, I mean, now we have all this information at our fingertips. Google Mr. Gordon Parks and then Google his son David and then, um, you know, maybe you'll get a greater appreciation of, you know, uh, of who we who we were um, talking with today, but we only have a few minutes left, and I just wanted to kind of touch base a little bit more, going more in depth about um, it's all about the journey. Um, and you know, Teresa, I like we you know we talk often, and and listening to David, it, you know, he brings up a lot of good points, especially about. Uh, you know the past, his past life with his dad, and how he yeah. he said he was like what three years old when he he was, yeah. he was you know forced into doing what he did, but he likes doing what he does, right. and that's right. what I want to leave us with tonight is about um you know um parts of the journey and. I know for me, during my life journey, I have found that every experience was a stepping stone towards something else. And oftentimes the steps did not go straight up. Most of the times they zigzagged. So what I realized is that even though my steps were forming that way, they are still a part of my puzzle and all of the pieces seem to fit. So life is like one big jigsaw puzzle. So picture yourself a brand-new jigsaw puzzle. You start to put it together. Some may start with the borders and work their way in, and then once you get your border set, then you may work completely on one section at a time. So let us suppose you have a puzzle of the great outdoors, and I said this before in one of my shows. You may start Mm -hmm. working on the clouds and then switch up and work on the trees, and then after that you see the ocean pieces calling out to you. So you jump on over to the ocean. 
But remember the excitement you felt when you found a piece that fit? It spared you on to find the next one and the next one after that. And it may not have been done in any specific order, but the puzzle got completed anyway. So every piece before you had a purpose, just like our lives. Our lives are just like that puzzle. So without one piece of that puzzle, the whole puzzle would not be completed. So no matter which way you decide to build the puzzle, as long as all the pieces are there, it will come to an end. And the end result is something that you have anticipated since the very beginning. So with all the zigging and zagging, the puzzle still got built. Now with the intensity or the passion that you use to complete that puzzle, it may be a while before you move on to the next one, and then the whole process begins again. But you can be assured that if you continue to build, if you continue to seek out those pieces, if it will uh-huh. eventually yield you a very rewarding outcome. Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, Lisa, that that's so critical. What's most interesting about uh, Mr. Parks's uh, conversation is he talked about how his dad, he his relationship with his father was a piece of his puzzle and how he was a kid who listened and absorbed and took in. And the fact that he listened to his dad helped to propel him to the next level of his career. And so often a lot of the answers that we have are the puzzles that we need to fit into place are right in front of us and that we need to take hold and use them. Right, and and I'm looking at the the chat that's going on, and someone says um, that's what I'm figuring out. Well, she's what they're trying to figure out is, uh, you know, I guess their puzzle and their life. But you know what, you you're going to continue to live and to go through your journey, and and sometimes you may never figure it out. But the thing is, you've just got to keep moving forward. You know, don't give up. Keep moving forward, and in everything there's a lesson. Um, I will leave you with this because we, we have to wrap this up. Life's journey is like that puzzle. The intriguing part of it all is paying attention to what we are thinking and how we are feeling along the way. Most of you have heard the saying, if I knew then what I know now. Well, with years comes wisdom. When you seek her, she will come to you willingly. I know for me, I am grateful for all the past experiences in my life. Some of them were good and some not so good, but there is a lesson in each one of them. So we need to pay attention to what we are thinking and how we are feeling. And if you're feeling some kind of way, if you're feeling not so good about where you are right now, well, then you need to rethink that and and do something different. No one has told you that you have to stay where you are. If you're not happy move on. Um, And then my last thing today is I want to leave you with one of my favorite quotes by Martin Luther King, Jr., who once said, you don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. So that concludes our show for this evening. I want to thank everyone for tuning in um, with us today, and I want to shout out to my family um, who are always loving and supporting me and to my Facebook fam for once again tuning in. And for my new listeners, the next time you log into Facebook, please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash A Day With Destiny 101. Once again, a big thank you to Mr. David Parks for spending time with us this evening and to Teresa for coming on and sharing their wisdom with us for knowledge is power. And when we know better, we do better. For my listening audience, please click the follow button on the left-hand side of the title so that you can receive updates on upcoming broadcasts. And also, stop by my website, yourdestinyawaits.net, to get some extra motivation and inspiration. Please tune in next week, Monday, June 25th at 30 Eastern Standard Time. And your mission, if you choose to accept it, is take the necessary time to do a true self-evaluation. Seek God and learn how to love yourself first. Because after all, you owe it to yourself 
to know yourself. Once again, I'm Lisa M. Saunders, and thank you for tuning in to Blog Talk Radio's A Date with Destiny. And I'm looking forward to sharing with you next week. Peace and abundant blessings, everyone. Thank you.